Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the Reign of Christ or Christ the King Sunday. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, Christ the King Sunday sounds big, sounds like some sort of a festival. Major festival-y kind of a day. Major festival-y. So give us some background. What is this? This is the last day of the liturgical calendar year. Mm. Yes, and it is a big festival Sunday, kind of like we've hit a couple of big festivals here at the end of the liturgical calendar. We have Reformation Sunday for Lutherans, then we have All Saints Day, another big feast day for the church year. And then we end with this Christ the King, also recently coming into a new name called Reign of Christ Day. What prompted the new name? That's a great question. And it's not R-A-I-N, Reign mm-hmm. of Christ. No, we're but... not going Prince Purple Reign. <laughs> right. It's R-E-I-G-N, Reign of Christ. It's this shift of having difficulty or maybe not difficulty, but simply trying to shift some of the language from domineering monarchical language okay, to shifting to kind of understanding kingdom language or however you want to shift towards a language of understanding the role of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of God, as some people are using instead of kingdom, kingdom. Okay, so I understand the change from Christ the King to Reign of Christ, but what are we sort of getting at with this language and this imagery? I mean, it's the end of the church year. What kind of festival, what are we celebrating, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, it's the end of the church year. We're headed towards Advent, this idea that we're waiting for something. We're waiting for baby Jesus, but we're also waiting for that kind of coming of something different. And so we end the year slash begin the year with this remembrance that God and Jesus are something bigger than us, that God is ruler, that Jesus is a ruler, that Jesus at the end of the day, and maybe this is a good thing to remember in a November of mid-year election time, Mm -hmm. right? That our princes and principalities, that our rulers that we elect and that we set over ourselves at the end of the day, they don't have the final say in our lives. They don't have the final say in our being. That God is the one who is in charge of everything at the end of the day. That when the world comes to find its ending or when the world comes to find its renewal, when the world comes to find where it is going and its true purpose, God is the one who is in charge of it. Jesus is the one who helps to find the pathway forward. And knowing these pieces, knowing that Jesus, this healer, this person who is about providing hope for God's people, this person who is dedicated to seeing people on the margins receive what they need, that those who are hungry will be fed, that those who are lost will be found, 
that that is the kind of world that our God desires. That is the kind of culture that our God is striving for for us. That is the kind of ruler that God is creating and has gifted to us. That is what this day reminds us of, that Jesus is not a ruler who has power over, but the kind of ruler who has power with, power among, shared power, a servant leader. And those things are all vastly different than the kind of power dynamics that we choose for ourselves and that we see, obviously, within our own midst. We're recording this before we know the outcome of any of the current election cycles. And so even though this is going to come out after the election results, maybe some of them, maybe, Mm -hmm. right? We don't know who will come out of this election, this latest election, having won the most democratic votes out of our democratic system. But what we do know is this promise that God is always the one at the end of the day who will have the final word. And that is what this festival is about. What does this service look like? The last two that we've had, Reformation Sunday is usually pretty rah-rah Luther. You sing a mighty fortress. Everybody's pretty much in a jubilant mood. Then you get to All Saints, much more somber of a service. You're remembering those who have passed. What does this one, are we back to a joyous look or is it somewhere in the middle? I think it depends on the congregation and how it ends up being held. It's another Sunday where we have the white banners out. We have some kind of higher liturgical event. So you might have more music than average. Okay. It's a Sunday where you might have more liturgical elements than usual. So there's maybe a little more pomp and circumstance because you are talking about the reign of Christ. You are talking about the big kind of festivity sort of things. So maybe you break out the gold chalice if you don't normally use it, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're pulling an Indiana Jones, and so you're really highlighting the fact that this king is a king that drinks from a wooden chalice, Mm -hmm. right? However you want to play it. But it really is up to the congregation. I will say that Sometimes I am most challenged by these Sundays that have a theological underpinning that are less celebratory of specific events. Mm -hmm. Like the baptism of Christ, for example, is a festival about an event. It's about the baptism of Jesus. But Reign of Christ Sunday is a celebration of this theological concept that Jesus reigns over the world Mm -hmm. and that his reign will be a good one. And so I have more of a difficulty preaching these theological concepts than I do historical events. And that makes it harder to plan the liturgy surrounding it as well, to be honest. So if it's a little harder to plan for, what kind of things do you look at? Do the readings change every year for this? Or is it something where because it's this concept that you get so-and-so's writing, so-and-so's writing, and and so-and-so's writing, and you have to preach on the same thing every year? 
It's not like the first Sunday after Easter where we always get the Gospel of John and we always get Doubting Thomas. With this one, I think, and I could be wrong on this, we get the Synoptic Gospels take on the concept of the reign of Christ. Okay. So it shifts and changes. And I don't know, I just find it difficult. I find it challenging. I find it hard to wrap my brain around. So... I may or may not sometimes try to get a guest preacher in. Sure. (laughs) It's one of those Sundays that I don't mind trying to take a vacation day around. You know, Advent is coming, Christmas is coming, so this would be a Sunday that I'll often kind of take a break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's it's an important Sunday because the concept of this, again... If we lean into this, if I can wrap my head around, I love the enthronement psalms, right? I have to challenge myself on this because I do love the enthronement psalms. What is an enthronement psalm? (laughs) I think we did this when we did the psalm series, I don't know, what, three years ago, four years ago now? We did that entire series of all Mm -hmm. the different psalms. And enthronement psalms... And I think it's book four of the Psalms or book three. There's a lot of them. It's in the 90s that are really focused on this idea of God as king, God as ruler, God in majesty. And I didn't used to like this idea of God as this kind of ruler figure because it felt very patriarchal patriarchal and power over and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I explored the Psalms in the months after 9-11 when the world was so confusing and so hard and the world made no sense. And the comfort that I personally found in the promise, like the repetitive promise of the enthronement Psalms that human beings were not going to be the ones who had the final say. That at the end of the day, the entire world down to the smallest blade of grass knew that the creator was the one who had the final say. That the oceans knew that the oceans roar and the seas would tumult and that the blades of grass would quiver to God's voice and know that God is the one in charge and that God sits enthroned on high and that God is in charge at the end of the day. And I found such tremendous comfort in thinking there is no human being who is in charge or will make the right decisions in this broken world. But at the end, God will make this right. And I just leaned into that so hard during all of that confusion and all of that just absolute turmoil. You know, I was in my early 20s and it was such a confusing time. And the enthronement psalms held such an incredible grace and comfort to me and to lean into that. I really should lean into that promise of reign of Christ, right? Uh And be able to offer that to our people to say, 
no matter what happens, no matter what we see in the people around us making decision after decision after decision to destroy our world, to make choices that are counter to the health of our creation, to make decisions that are counter to the health of our children. We are promised that the God of creation will make things right. It sits in such interesting tension with your extremely strong belief in the free will of humanity. It really does. (laughs) That's what makes it a fascinating discussion. (laughs) It does. And I think it's because it has to rely on this whole concept of the eschaton. It has to rely. I know it's a big word. It is a big word. It is. It has to rely on this concept of the after, of the what is coming next, the here and now, but not yet, the promise of what will be, but is not here yet. And so with it having to rely so much on something that is so hard to describe, to rely on the maybe it will come, but is not here yet, and rely on God will make this right. But right now, everybody is just making it worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. It's hard. It's just hard. It's a whole bunch of mixy, messy theological stuff. And to try to make it make sense in a 12-minute sermon. It's a big ask. Oof, duh. So when you do preach on it then, do you tend to skirt by the whole reign of Christ and dive into whatever one of the other readings happens to be? Or I know you also tend to pick current issues, current topics of the week. I do tend to pick current topics of the week. I try to make sense of it. I try to make sense of pointing out that God is not the kind of ruler that we are accustomed to. I do all of those kinds of things. Shave three minutes off so you can pack another song in there. (laughs) Something. 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 Pray that the Holy Spirit shows up really, really, really well and makes something of what I've done so that someone hears something. What kind of readings come? I mean, you mentioned the internment psalms, so I'm guessing one of those. But what other kind of reading are we going to get that, I don't know, explore this concept? Well, let's take a look at what's coming up for this year's Reign of Christ. So this year we get Jeremiah 23, 1 through 6, which is the woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. The days are surely coming when I will raise up for David a righteous branch and shall reign as king and deal wisely. So it's this passage about false leaders and a promise of bringing good leaders who will help to bring in and bring promise. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should shake, so the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. This is the same psalm that we hear on Reformation Sunday. Okay. This is the psalm that as verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. People may be familiar with that portion. Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 through 20 
May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from God's glorious power. May you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's all pretty positive. Right? And then the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, 33 to 43, is the crucifixion. And it is the crucifixion scene from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus saying, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. The people mocking him and offering him sour wine. They are, uh, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There's an inscription over him. This is the king of the Judeans. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and others. The other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? We indeed have been condemned justly for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing and then the criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, as you're reading these, it makes some of the readings that we get in Advent make a little more sense in mm. that you get, you know, here's the end of the church year and that's the beginning of the church year. And it's all a little heavy, a little portentful and... Mm -hmm kind of making a little more sense that it would be yeah. laid out that way. And Advent is absolutely filled with apocalyptic, like the world is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. Because in some ways, it's that feeling in Advent of you need to have a reason to need a savior to be wanting to wait for one. Mm -hmm. And so with with the reign of Christ Sunday, you need to remember, I mean, not that we need to remember, but we do. It makes sense to remember. Right? Remember why it is that we are looking to something other than ourselves for our salvation. And so to recall that things are hard and things are bad and things are not great in order to have a reason to anticipate the promises that God is giving us. And whether we're remembering those promises through the reign of Christ Sunday, or whether we're remembering those promises through the readings of Advent by having either John the Baptist pointing out the ways that we failed mm -hmm. and the ways that we've buggered things up, or by having Daniel or John of Patmos point out the ways that our cultures have failed and the way that the societies around us are breaking down and causing destruction, which is what apocalyptic literature does mm -hmm. and calls us to remember that there are ways that we can turn back and turn around and look to God for salvation. Those things all call us to turn back and lean into our faith as salvation and that's what Advent literature and Advent readings do, to call us back, remind us that we're looking to Jesus, looking to God, looking to the Holy Spirit to give us that courage to continue forward, being the change in the world, creating the kingdom on earth right now, 
bringing the not yet into being right now for all of God's creation. Excellent. Okay, that's going to lead me to the last question. So if this is the end of the liturgical year, that means we get a new set of readings next year. What are we coming into? We're coming into year A. We have been in year C, so we are headed into year A, and year A is the year of Matthew. And so we are headed into the wonderful year of balancing all of the ways in which it sounds like law. (laughs) Oh, isn't that one of your favorites? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, depending on how this election shakes out, it could be really something of a year. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Christ the King or Reign of Christ Sunday. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for listening along. If you are interested in listening to that Psalm series or any of our back podcasts, you can find them on iTunes or on Spotify or on our website. Check those out or contact us for more information. You can reach out to us at podcasts at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.